Hi, I'm Melanie. And I'm Malia. And you're listening to the White Dress Optional Podcast by Brilliant Bridal. Life before, during, and after your wedding is full of options, and we are here to help. So we are back today, and we are talking a little bit more about some Enneagram stuff, Malia. Oh, I love the Enneagram. As we've talked before, we are Enneagram enthusiasts, and we have found that the Enneagram is such a helpful tool um, in business and personally with our relationships, and so we want to share some of those things with you. Yeah, and just so you know, I I know Malia is like very generously using this word enthusiast, but she really is very studied in the Enneagram. She has led multiple trainings for our business and other businesses on the Enneagram. Um, So we're not experts. This is not our full-time gig, but Malia is very well informed, studied, educated, and has a lot of information to share and, and loves helping people with um, discovering the Enneagram. So. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's so true. We have just found so many benefits to using this tool to understand ourselves better um, and has made us better leaders and better partners, um, yeah. better moms. And 100%. as we've worked through this. So let's start with this. If we're talking about the importance of self-discovery and marriage, like yeah. there's so much about when you understand yourself better, it it just changes dramatically the partner you can be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were actually having a conversation with some friends the other night and um, the question was asked to the group, like, what's one thing that you have you know, learned in recent years about your partner. Like we've all kind of been married for, you know, 10, 12, forever. We've all been married for forever. And my husband actually said, like, I I learned how effective therapy is because it changed my wife and it changed our marriage. And for me, a big part of that was the Enneagram as well. But you know, when you are able to go on this journey of self-discovery, you're able to show up better as yourself. And, you know, there's that saying that's in self-care, like you can't take care of other people until you take care of yourself. You can't, you can't pour out from an empty cup. So if you're not in tune with, you know, who you are, what your needs are, how you operate, what makes you tick, um, it's really hard, I think, to be there for someone else. No, and that's really true. I think, in my own journey with the Enneagram, I have learned so much about myself. And what I like about the Enneagram is like, if I am in a really healthy place, you kind of shift to a different number. And when you're not in a healthy place, you shift to another. And so I can see like in myself, like, oh my gosh, this eight rage is coming up in me. Like I must not be like, I can notice it quicker. Like I notice faster when I'm like, oh, I'm not in a good place. Okay. What do I need to do to get back to like a good centered place? What, what does that look like for me? So I think that has been so helpful for me to notice those tendencies when I am in a really good place or not in a good place. Yeah. And you know, the reason why we wanted to to do this episode and have some of these conversations in a place where we usually typically talk about a little bit more light things, a little more fun, a little more wedding related is, you know, we, we've always thought of this podcast as a place where we're going to kind of 
use the event of a wedding to talk about a variety of things that happen around that. And one of the things that happens around that is you you get married. (laughs) And even if you've been in a relationship long-term, you've lived together, you've maybe been like, you know, long distance, you've been close, whatever, like something about getting married um, does change the dynamic in a relationship. And, you know, there's a different, you're leveling up, you know, in some different ways and commitment and whatnot. But um, we, we want to continue to be a place in this podcast where we can talk about lots of different things around that sort of wedding event and just be a resource for um, equipping, empowering, educating, and hopefully helping people. So that's kind of where we're headed with this episode today. Um, I know that we're going to kind of get into you know, what is maybe your number? What is maybe your partner's number? What is your number, Malia? And what is Clark's number? Yeah. So I am an Enneagram two, which is considered the helper. And Clark is an Enneagram six, um, which is a loyal list. And, and the thing about those two numbers is they both are like overly prepared for things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like I am overly prepared because and I want to make sure everybody has what they need at all times. Like we will never not have something because like it, when, when somebody doesn't have something they need, like it causes panic within me. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Clark is overly prepared because he doesn't want any bad situation to happen that we didn't mm-hmm. have what we needed to like solve that problem. Um, so that's kind of like, I mean, between Clark and I, we probably have what you want. Like what you didn't know you needed, we probably have it, which is really, really helpful. Um, but it has been good for us. I think one of the the things, and I'll get more into this when we talk about these individual numbers, but just understanding the way that Clark thinks about things is so different than how I do. Like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have thought that way because the way his mind works is so different than mine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and I'm a one and my husband is a three. So I'm a perfectionist and he's an achiever. And both of those are pretty <laughs> intense, uh, intense types. And so, you know, one thing I've really had to learn is that sometimes my perfectionism makes him feel like he's not winning. And we've had that wow. conversation over and over, you know, less recently as we've like started learning this about ourselves. But like he's told me multiple times, like, I feel like I can never. Like I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so learning these things about ourselves has really helped just um, in our communication and how the grace that we can give for each other in, you know, maybe more difficult times. And then it also helps us, you know, have fun because as a one, I go to seven in health. And so like on vacation, I'm a blast. Like I'm a totally different person. I can attest to this. Mel on vacation is like the best vacation. So um, if you ever get a chance to go on a vacation with an Enneagram one, do it because you're going to have a best, the best time, the best. You will, you, because they will plan it perfectly Mm -hmm. for you. It will be an efficiently run vacation, but you will also just have a ton of fun because we, we get real fun sometimes. So, okay, let's dig into some of this information for our listeners and kind of um, talk a little bit about how, how they can dig into some of the self-discovery for themselves and for their partners and their relationships. Yeah. And the way I want to go with this is, as what does each number need in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are that number, um, or your partner is that number, how can you articulate like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this is what I needed. So let's start with our Enneagram ones. Melanie is an Enneagram one. So you can jump in anytime here to, you know, 
make sure that we are getting to know you the best way possible. But ones really need to know that they are good. Um, they want to know that you are proud of them and that they're doing a great job. They have worked so hard to plan things out perfectly. The details are perfect. They didn't miss a thing. Like they will not miss a thing. Um, so they want to know that they are good and that it matters that the work that they did matters. Um, and the other thing about a one is they can move on really quickly to the next thing. Like they can move on, like I'm done. We moved on. It's efficient. I've completed. Let's go on to the next thing. Um, but making sure to help them celebrate, um, especially when something great has happened, give them a minute to be like, Hey, you are good. And this was good. Um, taking that minute is going to be really important because they're going to move on to the next thing. Mel, does that sound true? Is there anything else that you feel like as a one you really need from Ryan or from your friends? Um, anything else that you can add there? Yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I think, um, keeping in mind that one's have a really harsh inner critic. Like no one will beat us up more than ourselves. Like if you want to tell us that we have done something wrong, first of all, we probably already know it. Second of all, we have already punished ourselves for it. So I think just keeping that in mind in a relationship is that, you know, if you, if you are a one, um, go easy on yourself. But if you're in a relationship with a one, um, you, you, can just be so gentle in your, in your feedback or your, you know, um, criticisms if that's needed sometimes, um, because often they're well aware. Yeah. And, and I think there is like, um, I think it could be hard as an Enneagram one to like get tough feedback, especially from someone you really, really love. So making sure that it's not in the heat of the moment, I would think would probably be helpful. And like, Hey, the other day this happened and I want you to know this is how I felt because I want to make sure that like, if you are a partner who's an Enneagram one, that you're still, you still feel heard, that you still feel like you can say, Hey, this upset me, but also like you can do it in a really gentle way that still gets the point across. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Enneagram twos, they want to be loved and they really, they're like big fear is rejection. Um, they will give and give and give to get Mm -hmm. right. So they are overly giving will do so much and then get really resentful because you didn't recognize that they gave you all these things. So I would think like, especially in a home setting, like I did all the laundry and I cleaned up everything and I took care of all this stuff. And like, if you're not being thanked, um, especially for those little things that like to another partner may not feel like a lot, feels like a lot to this Enneagram too. Like if you can recognize that you noticed that they did the things, um, that's going to go a long way with it too. Um, for me personally, like I love when people see me, I I think what's hard for an Enneagram too is they won't ask for help. Um, they won't tell you what they need because they assume that you, you know them enough already that you know that about them. But when I've had other people give me a gift that is so true to who I am, like how did you know that I, I love that? Or how did you know that I need that? Like, um, when I show up on a work trip and my team, including Melanie has Coca-Cola's in the fridge for me, like that is like, Oh my God, they love me so much. And they have Coca-Cola for me. So like, like those little things are like, I feel so seen and I feel like so loved when people do those things for me. Um, that's super important for me as an Enneagram too. So if your partner's the type of person that like, you know exactly how they like their coffee every morning. Like 
That's a great way to love them. Like make them their coffee or their tea or whatever their morning drink is, how they like it. Bring that to them in their morning in in bed or in their reading spot or however they start their morning. Like that is something I too would super appreciate. Yeah. And I think even lately, um, I have been like really um, excited and encouraged when like Clark does something on my to-do list for me. Like my to-do list will never end. So like if we are going somewhere for the day and he gets all the kids like packed, ready to go. And I come downstairs, it's already done. I'm like, that was, that is such a gift to me because I will like always have to do the next thing. And like, (laughs) how can I help you serve you serve others? So when somebody else does something for me like that, it's like such a gift. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know somebody else could do that because I won't ask for help. I won't say like, hey, can you help me do this? Like that is hard for me to do because I will just do it myself because I don't want to burden anyone else. Like I never Mm want to inconvenience or burden anyone else. Like if I'm driving down the highway and my exit is coming up and I have to like kind of cut somebody off to get over, I will miss my exit and go to the next one, even if it's miles down the road, because I don't want to inconvenience or bother the person behind me, which is so not true of Melanie or an Enneagram one. (laughs) Um, She will get herself over and get where she needs Mm -hmm. to go because that's efficient. Um, It'd be inefficient for Melanie to miss her exit. But for me, like, I don't want to bother anyone. I know it's so silly. So, so fascinating. that sounds no, like you. so fascinating. Like all these different nuances about people, you know, and we wonder why relationships are hard. <laughs> like it's because we're complicated people. Right. And if you're in a relationship, let's say I was in a relationship with one or a lot of other numbers who would be like, just cut the guy off and get over it. Like, it's not like, it's okay that you do that. Um, that can cause conflict. And totally. so if I can know that about myself, that like, I won't bother or inconvenience anyone. You know, Clark has to remind me, like, you can take up space in this area. Like, you are allowed to to step into something, and it's actually probably not bothering them. Like, you think it is, but it's not. Uh, They won't actually be offended by this the way that you might be. It's not going to bother them the same way. So, anyway, a little bit about Enneagram 2s. Okay, Enneagram threes, as Mel was saying, um, were this a need to achieve and win. And here's the thing about if your partner is an Enneagram three, one of the things you can remind them is like, you don't have to win for me to love you. Like, mm-hmm. I will love you mm-hmm. win or lose. Like, whether you have achieved the thing, you're successful in the thing, like, I will love you. You can also just encourage them by saying, like, you're so good at this. Like, I love watching you win. Like, they're highly competitive. So if you're yeah. going to play a game with them, watch out. But make sure that you're like, I mean, I bet you can talk about playing games, Ryan. Because yes, I just stories. feel like this is one of those areas <laughs> that, that this is a place where you're going to be like, I lo- when they do win, to encourage them. Like, great job. I love watching you win. That was so fun. Um, because that's going to be important for them. Yeah. Um, one of the things, and I cannot, I wish I could remember who gave us this quote. This is something that somebody told us a long time ago in our marriage, but it says, um, are you fighting to win? Are you fighting to repair the relationship? Mm, So are you fighting to win or fighting to repair the relationship? So if you are in conflict with, you are either a three or your partner is a three, um, keep that in mind. Um, what does winning look like? And winning in your relationship is repairing the relationship, not winning the argument. Um, and like, you don't have to always win or be right because sometimes you win an argument, win an argument, and right. it feels worse, right? Um, so something to keep in mind if you're an Enneagram 3. That's really good. I think too, like depending on 
if you are in a relationship with a three or if you are a three, what you do in terms of um, like your career can have a pretty big impact too on the relationship. Like my husband has always been in um, some form of originations or sales or something that is (laughs) really winning based. And when he is not winning at work, you know, that is definitely affects his mood, honestly, his mood and sometimes what he brings home. And so then I try to look for ways, you know, where can I get him a win? Where can I make him feel, Mm -hmm. you know, he loves to go fishing out on the lakes. And so it's like, okay, why don't you go out this weekend and go do that? And that will feel like a win for him. Or, you know, why don't you go play pickleball? And, and inevitably he's a giant six foot six person. He will win at that, you know? And so it's trying to make space for, you know, that as well. When, if there's an area of their life that doesn't feel like it's winning or, or that they're achieving the way that they would like to be, um, helping them find some other space for that. No, I love that. And that's fantastic advice. So keep that in mind. If you are a three or married to a three, make sure you can find those wins. All right. Number fours. Now fours can often feel like nobody truly understands them. Um, I heard this once that you can put a group of fours, like all fours into a room together and they will feel like they, everybody else is mistyped that they are the only true four. Um, so the thing with the four is you really want to celebrate your their uniqueness, really see them, and really listen to them. Um, they don't need you to fix them. They really just need that like listening ear. Um, an Enneagram four can have pretty deep emotions. Um, and you don't need to be troubled by that. You don't need to fix it. But just to be there to listen to them and really like let them pour that out is going to be so important to a four. So if you are a four, I'm sure that is true for you. If you're married to a four, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, that makes sense that I have to just really sit and listen. And there's so many Enneagram numbers that want to fix things. Um, So I've, I've, I've even heard this in other times, like I've done this in my own marriage. Like, do you just need me to listen to this or do you want advice? Do you want me to fix it? And just asking that question can go a long way for an Enneagram four because the the answer probably will be, actually, I just want you to listen. I just want you to hear me. I want you to understand me and then repeat back like, okay, what I hear you're saying is this. And what I think you're, it sounds like you're feeling is that, yeah, that's a lot, you know, and, and just validating those feelings for them can go a long way with a four. Yep. That's good. Okay. So we are through Enneagram one twos, threes, and fours. We're going to stop here and make this a two-part episode. You can jump back in um, for part two where we will kind of uncover for the the second half of the Enneagram what that Enneagram number needs um, so you can better understand your partner. Awesome. So we will be back next Wednesday with numbers five through nine. Um, If you feel like this is resonating with you, if you, you know, have a friend or, or even your partner, like share this episode, send them the link. Um, I think this is a really great episode and and the next one, if maybe your numbers fall in the second half to use as a conversation for a date night, you know, like let this spur on some good self-discovery and then some good discovery in, in your relationship. Um, but yeah, we will be next back next Wednesday with a second half of the Enneagram and what that looks like in your marriage. We'll see you then. Have a great week. Thanks.
for listening to the White Dress Optional Podcast. We will be here every Wednesday. Remember, you can follow us everywhere on social at Brilliant Bridal. You can also email us at podcast at brilliantbridal.com. And as always, we would love it if you would leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you.